You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B O D I dot com. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. Real moms are bravo. We just finished watching Jersey. We're coming to you a little earlier this week. Abby is taking some time off. Patreon listeners, Summer House will be finale will be recapped next week, but we can just dive right into Jersey. We both just finished watching. We will have all the Joe names correct. Yes, I'm being shady because um, it's fresh, like truly fresh off of my brain. Well, the Joes really didn't have much of a part this week, though. It was all about the ladies, and I liked it. As much as I love the men, I sometimes like when we get one that's just all the girls. Yeah, no, it it was nice. I, I did kind of watching it. It's kind of wild how much weight the men have on Jersey, though. Um, they just really kind of bridge everything and everyone together really nicely. But um, I think in my next life, I want to be a ghostwriter. I don't know. I feel like there's so many NDAs and so many, uh, so much legal stuff, but I mean, they do make really good money. I think they usually get a pretty big chunk of the advance and a pretty nice percentage of book sales. So, um, it's definitely a very successful, lucrative business if you can get it. And I think for this person, she clearly has connected with housewives because she was Teresa's ghostwriter. She's, um, I, well, I wanted to research her a little bit more and see who else besides Teresa and March. I feel like she's probably done other people if we dig really deep. I mean, if she truly owns that yacht, I'm just kind of like, damn, all that from ghostwriting go. Um, I think her name's Emily go yes. Emily. And I love that her boat name was frivolous. <laughs> um, I thought it was a brilliant boat name and I liked that it was in like more of a feminine font. Like I, <laughs> these are the little things that I was paying attention to watching, but, um, you know, I hate what I'm about to say, but Marge, I love, love Marge, but I feel like I'm kind of tired of hearing about the book. The book's been a lot. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of all we've heard from her. I also, we'll get into it a little bit later. I didn't love this episode for Marge. I thought there were a couple of scenes where we didn't see the best side of her. And I think we're seeing that come out more and more with Jennifer. And not that I think Jennifer is by any means a great person or a great um, friend. I just think sometimes with Marge, she's so quick to jump on Jennifer. And that definitely happened in this episode. But before we dive into all of that, we have to discuss Louie, Dirty Louie basically starting his pattern that we have heard about with women. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go to our Patreon. There's a three episode series called dirty Louie 
but this is all tracking with what the other woman told us. Yeah. I mean, they, so she says they met, it felt like fate. She was having a bad day. Mom and dad give me a sign. The sign was dirty. Louie. He waved. They had their first date in a walk every date that they've had. He's given her flowers. Um, fancy restaurants, fancy restaurants. We talked about, we talk about this more in detail on the patron, um, the habits that we have learned. And again, I'm going to say alleged to cover our behinds. Um, and this is all one-sided, but we have reason to believe there's clearly, um, a lot of truth to it. So if you're interested more about Teresa's man, like Abby said, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash real moms of Bravo. And we kind of spill it on dirty Louie, everything that we know. So it's interesting to me. I like, it's weird watching because I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop in a way. I'm waiting to see if anyone like kind of mentions his past. I think it comes up at the reunion. I, mean, from, I kind of feel like it has to in a way from different people that we know. And it's more than just one housewife. If somebody wants to like assume it's one because they've been on our podcast or that I know a lot of times different accounts get accused of favoring certain housewives. And it's definitely true. Like this is what makes housewives so interesting is you can't explain it, but there's a certain reason why you love one housewife over one housewife over another. But I will say in talking to different people who give us tea from Jersey, it seems like a lot of the women at this point right now are aware of his past. It's not just like this secret. Um, most of the women know, and I think it's probably going to come out at the reunion. Which I, and I will say like, I'm not a tree hugger, Trey tree hugger. Um, but Teresa happy is a nice look on her. Like we, I mean, I think Melissa was right in saying like, I don't know if she hasn't been, I don't know that I'd go so far in saying 10 years, but she's been through a lot. Like she, she I mean, and she has always been on the defense and seeing Teresa like being smiley and like kind of bubbly and go with the flow is a different look that we haven't really seen from her. I think it probably was about 10 years. Um, just knowing certain things, I think she had had to deal with a lot with Joe Judice. Uh, and I always think back, I think it's so weird that it didn't really ever come out. She mentioned at one time that they were going to do IVF to have a boy and it didn't work out, but they ended up like suing the fertility clinic because it didn't like they did. It didn't, the case ended up being settled. I don't think anything really came of it, but they sued, they refused to pay. So the fertility clinic sued Teresa and Joe Judice, and then they countersued them. Um, and it was all basically like they went through IVF in order to have a boy and something, just knowing how much Teresa loves her girls, something tells me it was Joe at that point pushing for a boy. And that's why they went through IVF. Um, and I just, I don't know. There's something about that. I just feel like there's a lot of, a lot of sides to Joe that we didn't necessarily get to see, um, come out on, on the show. Yeah. So, I mean, I hate to say this because even though I'm not a tree hooker, I do wish her well, like I want her to be happy. I just hope she's aware of what she's getting herself into. Exactly. Yes. Um, so the ladies are, are excited for Teresa. They're hearing just a little bit about him. Um, she really did a good job of not saying too, too much, but made it known that she is dating someone. And then they start talking a little bit more about the book. And Jennifer tries to apologize to Marge and says, you know, the way you told the story with your boss at Lake George and what I read in the book were very different. 
And Marge just jumps at her because of what Jennifer said previously about, you know, well, you, you slept with your boss, you know, you're kind of implying that she was like slutty and victim shaming her. And Jennifer um, really couldn't get many too, too many words out. You know, Marge just went at her really hard. And I don't know, I kind of sympathize with Jennifer because when Marge was saying like, you know, you're so tone deaf and you're, you're Instagram live. She was, I mean, I think she kind of opened up to everyone. She really does have a lot on her plate. I know it's easy to say like, oh, she's in this big house, you know, like with five kids and what a great life she lives. And she does, but you know, her parents have got to be wearing on her. Her father's living in her house. She's got five kids homeschooling. So she's got always got to check on them, make sure they're on the zooms doing what they're supposed to do. She also has a teenage daughter who we know has gone through some bullying. So I just feel like there's a lot that a lot more to her than maybe we realize. And I just, it made me kind of sad that Marge just jumped on her so quickly. Yeah. I I would really like those two to, I feel like they would make great friends. Oh my gosh. Really like to see them like kind of get over these like little digs that they make with each other. I mean, we really haven't seen, I'm trying to think like, have we ever really seen those two? Like, I feel like in housewives, there's always someone trying to, to repair a relationship and they have some sort of an outing and then they come out of that outing being like, wow, I understand this person more. I don't know that those two have ever like gone to grab lunch or coffee or anything like that, but I would like to see it. I think there's something there and I a thousand percent agree with you, Abby. I think Marge was quick to jump on Jennifer. I think everything Jennifer was saying is valid. She owned her truth and how she interpreted the story the first time around and um, apologized to her. So I feel like Marge could give her some grace. I was happy to see that Marge then did apologize and basically said, you know, you maybe perceived what I said wrong before I perceived what you just, your like attempt at an apology. Like I was just happy to see that they like resolved it. And Jennifer even said in her, you know, confessional interview that, you know, they seem to to argue a lot, but they both do respect one another. And I actually think they have a lot more in common than they, than they realize. And I don't know, I would just love to see them as friends. I agree with you. If they could go to lunch next season and it's them as friends. And I mean, those two together, I think they could be quite a duo. Manifestation, putting it out there. So we go from this like nice resolution to cringe worthy sex talk. And listen, we both have kids. I have two boys. I'm going to have to have the sex talk. It's probably going to be different than your talk, Vanessa, having two girls, but I'm sure we're going to be awkward and fumble, but boy, I mean, Melissa might be the poster's child of like what not to say. Yeah. I just, you know, I think my biggest, I, I hate to even say issue, but I, you could clearly tell Antonia didn't want that on camera and that she didn't want to have that conversation on camera. She was like visibly uncomfortable. It looked like she was like trying to like sink into the clothing. I think of that Homer Simpson (laughs) gift, you know, when he like goes into the bushes, I felt like Antonia was trying to do that with the clothing. Like every time she would talk and she's like turning away, she's, her face is getting visibly red. I just, I don't think I would subject my child on that on national television um, she was embarrassed. I, we haven't even really seen Antonia this much this season. And like the one time we see her, we're going to have the sex talk. Like, come on. I felt bad for her. I have two girls and I'm not going to pretend like I'm perfect because I'm not. And they're luckily for me right now, toddlers. I have no idea what it's like to parent teenagers. And 
I very may well mess up like Melissa, but I think there's something to respecting kids' boundary. And if they don't want to talk about something at that time, to respect that and not to like push your thoughts on them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think I would have liked it if she would have just said, okay, well, you're clearly uncomfortable and you don't want to have this conversation with me, but I want you to know that you can always come to me and you can always talk to me about things, even if it is something uncomfortable like sex. I didn't like that. She was like, have you had sex with your boyfriend yet? I'm like, do you really think Antonia is going to admit on national television? She lost her virginity. Like, I don't know. And as a mom, do you want her to have to say that on TV? Like her kids, kids at school are watching this. And then I think for me, the biggest issue was then it turned into like, and I don't know if Melissa was trying to be cute and try to be funny, but again, it's like, you're doing this on camera. Like, is this part of your storyline? Is this a bit? Because then she was like, you've got big boobs. I don't want boys touching them or asking to see them. And it's like, now you're kind of almost making her feel like, oh, because I have big boobs. Like there's some, like, I don't know, like boys are only going to want me for my big boobs or I don't know. Like, I just feel like that's such a weird bot, like age with your body. And I don't know if I would want to make my daughter feel uncomfortable because she has big boobs. Well, she probably feels self-conscious already. Yeah. I'm sure she knows that. Right. It's (laughs) not a secret. Yeah. She doesn't need her mom to tell her that on top of it. So it was just cringeworthy. I felt bad for sweet Antonia. And then she has her dad who's like misogynistic stuck <laughs> in the fifties. Like, like Jesus, Antonia, like I hope, um, no doubt she's mature. Maybe. I don't know. I just felt really bad for her and Melissa. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. I just think there's, I get you're sharing your life. I just, again, I think she should have just said, you know, um, I'm here for you if you ever want to talk about it and leave it like that. I also, I've said this on previous episodes, but she's 15. She's probably a freshman in high school. I mean, I was in public school up until high school. We had the sex talk. It started honestly in like fourth grade because I remember there was a girl who got her period in fourth grade and all of us thought she was dying and like freaking out because she said she was peeing blood. And like we're in fourth grade and we didn't know. And so they like, okay, well, we're going to speed up this curriculum. And like a month later we had the, the, had to watch the videos about what happens to you. But by sixth grade, I mean, like we were well aware what sex was. I don't think you're, you're just learning about the first time your freshman year of high school. No, not your freshman year. I, I mean, my parents never had the talk with me and I basically learned from television. And then like those classes where you learn about your period a little bit, um, yeah, it was my parents. We did not have that kind of relationship where we talk about sex or any of that stuff. Um, I mean, mainly the, my parents are kind of like old school. I feel like Latin um, culture is very similar to Italian culture in the sense of like, you don't talk about it. Um, it kind of doesn't exist. My mom is always very much like, close your legs. <laughs> and it was almost like, if you have sex, you'll die kind of mentality. <laughs> um, so she used more of a scare tactic with me. So yeah, it was just strange. And I think last thing I'll say about it and you're a thousand percent, I'm all about sharing your life and being open, but you're sharing your life. Maybe Antonia doesn't necessarily want to share hers. We'll also say, I want to know if anyone else out there had a mom like this. I don't know if it's like a Polish Catholic mom thing. Um, but she watched an episode of Oprah where they talked about like kid teens being like, I guess like having like Uber, like sex all the time and having these parties that were called rainbow parties and girls wore different shades of lipstick. And then like 
basically just gave boys a bunch of blowjobs and then their penis looked like a rainbow. I'm not even joking. I was in seventh grade and my mom sits me down to ask me if I've been going to rainbow parties. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't even really fully understand what a blowjob was. I just pretended like I did. So I feel like in some ways my mom educated me a lot more than she probably intended to because she would see like crazy stuff on Oprah and just assume that it was happening in like our random, you know, part of St. Louis County. So if anyone else out there had a mom like that, DM I mean, us. Hearing you say this, I feel like I'm going to turn into your mother in some ways because of the TV <laughs> shows I'm watching, like fucking your euphoria. And I'm like, oh my God, like, are you going to be doing drugs and having sex and all these things? So I can see how you transform into that person because well, it should. makes for good stories. So if you end up being that mom, you can, she'll have a podcast one day talking about At least call things. me out, call me out yeah. on it. Maybe I'll do a dry run with you. Oh God. <laughs> um, all right. So final part of New Jersey, I thought it was really sweet, but also really sad. Uh, they decided to do a mother daughter Turkish tea party at Jennifer's house because her mom's been going through a really hard time. And she thought it'd be nice for Josephine, her mother to connect with some of the other moms in the group. And, um, you know, Jackie's parents are married, but live in separate homes. So are Dolores parents. So she just thought it might be nice for her to know that there's other options besides just living in resentment. And I, on the yacht, they brought it up and Jennifer invited everyone. And Teresa's like, well, you know, I don't have a mom. And I, as someone who doesn't, I don't have my father. He passed away three years ago. If somebody was doing like a father daughter thing, I don't think I would show up. I just think it'd be really emotional, but also just be blaringly obvious. Like, like I don't have a parent to bring to this and I don't know. A little triggering for sure. I mean, I don't know what it would be like, but I could imagine and empathize why Teresa felt that way. Yeah. One thing, um, that's kind of sad after that lunch, I was looking up something. I was trying to create a meme, um, about Jennifer's mom. This is shop talk for you guys, but it sounds like as of February, I don't know that Jennifer's talking to her mom. Yeah. I, I would like for Jennifer, maybe she'll talk more about it on the reunion. It's not even so much for me that she doesn't believe her mom that she's a, a victim. Um, it's more that like she was saying to Gabby that like she grew up with them yelling and that's all she knew. And I wonder if maybe her mom had to also be like more of the disciplinarian and like, you know, Jennifer's dad got to be like the fun dad and you know, her mom was home with the kids all the time. And so she was really strict and maybe Jennifer kind of resents her mom. I don't know. I would just love to know more about the, like the dynamic between the two of them, because it is interesting that, Jennifer had her dad come live with her, not her mom. And not that that means any, I would have my dad, if he were alive, come live with me over my mom. But, um, I usually there's a long history of something going on there and that would be the reason why. So, um, yeah, it was interesting. I'm, I really hope they've reconciled. I mean, or, or talking, she just looks like to me, someone who just needs to be heard and needs support. She needs a hug. She just looks like someone who desperately needs like a really good hug. Oh, yeah. I'm not even a big hugger, but I'm a huge hugger. I'm a big hugger. Um, but so Teresa shows up and I also, I want to say, I also understand everyone grieves and goes through things very differently. Um, I think there's probably a part of her too, that just didn't want to feel left out. You know, she's sitting at home knowing everyone's doing a mother daughter thing. It's like, Oh, another reminder. She really probably, there's no right way to do it. And you're always going to feel sad. 
but it really just broke my heart as she was sitting there and production's giving these flashbacks of her mom and no, no. And I don't, I just, it really broke my heart and she gets up and has to leave. Cause she is just so like emotionally like overcome. And, um, I don't know. I just like, it really just, that part just really, really broke my heart. And I'm like, you said, we're not really tree huggers. I do think she's a great part of housewives history and is iconic, but I was, I really, really felt for her there. Yeah. Oh, I, I almost wish that Melissa like didn't bring her mom and like in solidarity, like was there like kind of support her in that way. But I'm sure Teresa going into it thought she could maybe emotionally handle it. Yeah. I could see, you know, Teresa's very strong and always portrays that strength. So I could see that being some of it. Um, but then it left as a to be continued. And then next, I believe next week is the finale. Yeah, you're right. Next so. week is the finale. I mean, Jersey's been a really great season. They've done it. It's really hard to do this in a pandemic. And there have been other franchises. Atlanta is one of them where sometimes they do it great and sometimes they don't. And I think Jersey's done a really, really good job with the pandemic. So it should be the Halloween party, right? Yes. And we are really, really hoping that we get to see a glimpse of our friend, Anthony Lario. Um, So make sure you watch that. Uh, But we have also one more week left of Dallas. I was really hoping this was the finale for Dallas. I I'm really, I'm just kind of done. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty much done. I don't know that we have too much to say on Dallas other than it feels like we could have reduced the season. I just felt like, let's see how many different theme parties we can do, <laughs> which I understand because we're in a pandemic, but even with all these damn parties, it's still that, that enjoyable. We've had an 80s party. We've had a white party. We've had the, um, what was Tiffany's birthday? The Moroccan? I think so. Uh, yeah. Party. We had a we've pizza had, party. Pizza yeah. party. Yeah, the pizza party. And we've had so many damn parties. The shaman or whatever party. Like there's been <laughs> all these different parties. And I feel like every episode I'm like, oh, Yeah. And then we're going to have another murder mystery. I'm just like, oh my God, it's just not, it's just not working for me. You know why we like New Jersey this year? They didn't do a murder mystery. And they didn't really do, they didn't do any sort of theme party really. No, I mean, no, no. It was like celebration of life. Wasn't really a theme. It was no, just, that was the purpose. Actually, that's a yeah. really good point. They didn't do any theme party. So that to me goes to show, I mean, I'm sounding like, a nerd right now, but goes to show there's weakness in the cast <laughs> that the production team is like, all right, we can do a theme party ladies that will, you know, stir up some drama. Um, but Jersey doesn't need it because there's true relationships there. So Dallas needs a lot of different things. One of the things that they can keep, I feel good about saying this is Tiffany moon and Deandra actually grew on me way more than she ever has. So I'm okay keeping her too, but yeah, I'm okay with Deandra and definitely Tiffany. I'd be okay with Steph without Brandy. I want to see a different Stephanie. Cameron, I'm over. Carrie, sadly, I'm over. Brandy, I don't think comes back. So yeah, Carrie's got to go. I, I mean, I want to root for Carrie so bad as a you know Latina woman, and I so badly want to root for her, but her behavior has been so. 
It's so not likable. Or maybe be a friend of. Maybe she's better off as a friend of. I'd be she open might be to a little demotion. demotion. Yeah. Demotion. But yeah, Stephanie without Brandy would be interesting. That cast just needs rework. I actually don't mind Cameron. Um, but I kind of do kind of get sick of the shtick of like, I'm a lot. Oh I'm Elle Woods and yeah. I like pink and I don't even know how much money my husband makes because I never see the bills. I'm like, oh my God, like this is not, this is, this is, this was not how housewives started to get to sound like an old person. This was supposed to be strong women that like, yes, they had a lot of wealth, but I just, that whole thing to me is just obnoxious. I, and I'm over it. So, um, and that's all I have to say for Dallas, oh, Atlanta. My, okay. The beginning of Atlanta with Josiah and his, his old dad and new dad, I will say, I'm not a Ralph fan. I need to know what happened in Florida and then maybe I could become a Ralph fan, but I do think he's a really good stepdad. Yeah. He's a great stepfather for Josiah. I felt so, but I mean, Josiah, you can tell like there's a lot and as he should be like, there seems to be like, there's a lot of resentment there. And there's a lot of hurt and he's not really that interested in a relationship with his father. So I really hope they, not saying they're forcing that relationship on Josiah. I mean, he clearly shares his opinions. So I think he's, he'd be pretty vocal about it either way, but that was heartbreaking. And that's the most likable thing about Ralph. And there's, I mean, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Considering how he started the fact that we're giving him a compliment, you've come a long way, Ralph. Uh, Mark will never, Mark Daly will never, ever come a long way. I think I will forever hate him. And I'm not even a Kenya fan, but the fact that he blocked her, like, why are you trying to even remotely make this happen? File for divorce, take him for everything, get full custody of your daughter. If he wants to see her, he can arrange it with you and you will allow certain visitation. But he just, to me, is like a snake and a manipulator and she needs to get rid of him. Oh yeah. He definitely toys with her emotions and manipulates her and uses it to his advantage. And it's really unhealthy. Like I, I just, you know, it's crazy watching women, like someone like Kenya, it comes off to so strong. She throws shade like no one else, but yet she continues to be in like a toxic relationship. Like it's just kind of crazy. Like, I don't know. It's just interesting to me that even the strongest woman or a woman that appears to be the strongest may not be as strong as we think, you know, she needs kind of like that support to get herself out. And I feel like she has good people around her. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, what are your thoughts on a $1,000 white elephant gift? Whew. I mean, we're in a pandemic that some people's stimulus check. It just seemed a little much, it it wasn't really necessary to me. I would have been much more amused. I think it's honestly, I think white elephants are more fun when they are like $20 Chotsky gifts and it's entertaining that way. I, What's the best white elephant gift you've ever gotten? Because I know we've got like, that's, I don't know if that's like a big thing everywhere, but I feel like white elephant, like, I don't know. A lot of our friend groups have done white, el- white elephant parties. What's your best one that you've got <sighs> you received? Know, I've done, I feel like I've done more ornament exchanges than I've done white elephant and I feel like most white elephant things that I've gotten are already in the trash. <laughs> I got a, I got a Snuggie once and I used it for like two years. I actually really liked my Snuggie, but this was pre-kids. 
So like when it's cold and it's a Sunday and you're hungover and you just want to stay on the couch, a Snuggie was pretty perfect. I did. I like that. They called it friends miss. I guess I've never, I've heard of friends giving. I've never heard of friends miss. So, um, I, I like that. I just wasn't here for it and not here for drew either. Oh, okay. So first of all, let's talk about how rude it is to show up 3.5 hours late to a party. Some parties only last for three and a half hours and you act upset that like you were going to get the worst numbers for picking for the white elephant gift. I mean, you're lucky that the party was not over. It's, it's really rude. It's very inconsiderate candy. God love candy because she like shows it on her face and she's like, Oh, here they come three and a half hours late. I just, I mean, and I didn't feel like there was much of like an apology. Um, it was like, Oh, I'm sorry. We're late. And that was that. But I'm also like, what were you doing? Like really doing glam that long. Um, it's really rude. I would be a lot more pissed off than Cynthia was. Uh, I agree. I, I, I honestly probably would have locked the door and be like, or I would have called them and be like, don't even bother coming. If you can't call to say I'm running extremely late, please go on without me. I will. I'm so sorry. I mean, if I'm going to be that late to a party, I probably just won't go. Well, and then Latoya ended up showing up even later. <laughs> She just wanted to stir up some shit. She had no other. That was her only purpose, her only goal, and she achieved it. I mean, so what do you think about Drew's gift? Well, well I thought it was extremely rude. Uh, and like how she knew that Kenya was going to open it. I, either there was some forced, you know, production going on or something. But I would be beyond pissed if you were supposed to spend a thousand dollars and everybody else was, and then it's my turn to pick and I'm getting a disgusting wig, uh, random, like a $100 donation to the humane society, which is great. Like, I love the humane society, but that was not the purpose of the, the party. And then, um, also I will say, this is the, the fact that I'm married to an accountant. Drew got a tax credit for that donation. So it, Kenya didn't get that. Just putting that out there. Um, I just, I would have been extremely pissed. I would have, I would have been really annoyed. I mean, I know that Portia wasn't thrilled with the, the Tiffany's set that she got, but I mean, at least it's Tiffany's. You could probably take it back and return that and get yourself something else. Like, what are you going to do with Drew's ragged ass wig, a boom box that only plays cassettes, some random cassette that really didn't even prove anything. I don't know. And I feel like Drew actually, could have been a really good housewife if she would have focused on something other than Latoya. She, so someone made this meme and we just shared it recently. It was like, there's been a meme thing of so-and-so understood the assignment and Drew did not understand the assignment of being a housewife. She understood the assignment of trying too hard <laughs> because it's so obvious. I mean, she started off strong with the sign autograph picture and then she's like, okay, I'm going to carry this shtick where I give gifts that are like very shady and when she's like, yeah, you guys are strays. So I got your, you know, donation to the Humane Society because you're strays and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> what? <laughs> what, what, what? And then now you're going to talk about the profit and you prove nothing by that. I just felt like Drew was trying way too hard. And I was it's so obvious to us as viewers. I was glad Candy stood up and was like, look, you can't act like this is all Latoya's fault. 
a grown ass man, if he did actually cheat on his fiance, a grown ass man made the decision to do that. In some ways you could argue that Latoya was a victim. She came to this guy for religious, for religion guidance and to help her with her drinking. And all of a sudden now she like possibly has a romantic relationship with him. I mean, like I would almost argue that like he used her and he should be the one that everyone's upset about. I don't think it should be all directed at Latoya at all. No, no. So, I mean, that's Atlanta. I was actually thinking about it as I was watching Atlanta and they filmed over a long period of time, like a longer, I mean, I know we're in a pandemic and that played into it a lot, but you know, the beginning of the season started with the passing of George Floyd, um, the murder of George Floyd in May and we ended in Christmas. Yeah, that is a, that is a really long time. So, I mean, to me, that kind of just further reiterates kind of how disjointed this season has been. There's definitely been bright spots, especially when it comes to the social injustice and the movement and the women's involvement. But overall, it just felt like something's missing there. And I don't know if it's Nini. I do like a soft spot, like Nini, I kind of hold her to a special place in my heart because she's really who got me really into Housewives. Um, But I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm really looking forward to the reunion. I want to know more about this candy Porsche drama with, uh, a scene removed. Uh, I just, I'm just really curious if there's any truth to it and if it comes out and if that's why Porsche went live, I really don't want to see a lot of drew other than like figuring out why Ralph was in Florida. There's really not much else for drew to really talk about at the reunion, in my opinion. But it was it was a kind of a choppy season. I do think they're going to have to make some some decisions for next next season, and it might be that some o not ogs, but some of the ones that have been around for a bit go. I wouldn't be surprised if possibly Drew definitely isn't coming back. I don't really know if Cynthia has much of a storyline now that she's married. She really doesn't. 50 cent. I I mean, and I do appreciate Cynthia. I, I feel like she could be a friend of, I would welcome her as a friend of a little bit, but I'm hoping with Phaedra coming back to the watch what happens live um, thing that's happening. I can't find my words. Right amazing. Now. They call it amazing Bravo fan week or whatever. I'm hoping that kind of opens the door because I would love Phaedra to come back to Atlanta, but only if Candy is cool with it. Yeah, I definitely want, like, it would mean a lot to me that Candy has, like, supports it. Um, But, I mean, Phaedra coming back, Cynthia, friend of, or gone, Drew gone. That could be a pretty all-star cast. Get Atlanta, I think, back to what it used to be. And, I mean, part of this season, it was definitely at its high Atlanta caliber, but not, not the whole time. Um, so anyway, that is this week in Bravo and, uh, in true real moms of Bravo fashion, we have not discussed our shout out. Uh, I have an idea of what I'm thinking, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I can give mine. Go for it. I just want to give a shout out. I think to everyone, regardless of your color, who has protested and supported positive change, uh, in this country. I think the verdict being guilty, um, and not to get super political, but I think for a lot of people that I've talked to that 
whether they lean left or right, were kind of like what he did was wrong uh, with Derek Chauvin, what he did to George Floyd. And so I just think that there being a guilty verdict just shows that uh, after a, a lot of divide and nothing is perfect, but it seems like there's a little bit of unification. And I know before that verdict was read, another um, you know horrible event took place and it, it definitely is really sad, but I just kind of want to focus on the fact that for like a few minutes, it felt like this country was maybe coming together for the first time in a long time. So a shout out to everyone who's really helped support that and um, protested for this positive change. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a step towards accountability. Um, you know, I shared something personal to our Instagram page and my thoughts kind of around it. It's been truly like an awakening for me personally. Um, so I just think you listening, the biggest thing that you can do is to continue to do the work, to continue to call out things that may, that are wrong, have conversations. I mean, we both have had conversations with people in our DMS that have been like very like civil and normal. I, I do feel like as a country, we can get back to a place where we can feel so much more unified as long as we listen and have empathy and understand something. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've seen in conversations when it comes to Black Lives Matter, and I think my biggest point that I like to make to people is that it's not something, a person who isn't alive to speak for themselves, um, whatever they were doing, the crime wasn't punishable by death. And um, I, I encourage you, if you have family members that are saying something like that, that you kind of, you know, um, have a tough conversation with them because I think it's important. Sorry, I'm on my soapbox. I'm off my soapbox now, but it's just something that I've been thinking about a lot. I also think too, it's really important if you're unsure of things, uh, I mean, in a respectful manner, it's okay to ask questions. We had a couple of people in our DMs say, I'm just personally curious. Why do you feel a certain way about blank. And I, I think there, like you said, there can be conversations that are kind of uncomfortable, but also each person has an opportunity to explain why they feel a certain way. And you will, you will learn something about someone else and they will learn something about you. Uh, and I think it's okay to not always have all, all the answers. Like I texted Vanessa today and somebody mentioned that their kids were AA and I didn't know what that meant. And I was Googling it and wasn't really getting a good answer. And it was more just because I want to make sure I'm aware of the fact that, you know, race can be a continuum and there's not, people aren't just black and just Latina and just white. And there's a lot more to it. So don't be afraid to ask questions uh, as well so that you can continue learning. And that got really heavy. Um, so we didn't really intend for that, but we also want to say thank you guys so much for all the amazing DMs. I think there's been so many wonderful conversations, so many people supporting us. Um, and then, you know, again, it, we don't always want to be political, but Sometimes there are things that are bigger than Bravo. Uh, so with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. 
Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.